Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody, and it's another good morning. You know, the Broncos have played on Monday, you know, during this streak, but this is another good Monday following a Broncos game. Welcome, Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com, reaches Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman tomorrow. Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. I've heard a lot of different phrases like the Broncos haven't been this good since Obama was president. (laughs) The Broncos haven't been this good since blank, blank, blank. I'm going to bring it much closer to home. I'm going to bring it so close to home. I'm going to bring it right in this room. The Broncos haven't been this good. The Broncos haven't been this exciting. Broncos country hasn't felt this good about itself since Bruce Hurdle was living in Wichita. Well, I wasn't in Wichita. See, I was in Tulsa in 2015. So since Tulsa. you were living here. How's that? You weren't yeah. even No. You you were like a how do I put this? At this point in 2015. It has like, all fallen on me. Yes. Well, no, no, no. No, 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 no. It has all fallen on me. 5 and 0 or no, 4 and 0 to start 2016. Mm-hmm. And since then, nothing but the morass this of is, the NFL. This is what you would say about a child that hasn't been born yet and hasn't been conceived yet. Bruce, at this point in 2015, you weren't even a thought in this Denver market. You weren't even thinking of moving here. Yeah. Well, I'm barely a thought now. But anyway. I will agree. I've made some progress in inroads in that regard. So welcome all the years that you covered the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Welcome to what Denver Broncos football is supposed to look like. You you bring up an interesting point, and I appreciate what you're saying because on one level, you're right. I've never seen it at the point of the frothy mouth and the anticipation and the, 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 the shaking of an entire Broncos country to the, with, with the opportunity that they have in the moment. But I've t- I felt it. I've felt it. I, I and and I've seen it work the other way. I've seen it take this long. Now, for Broncos country to finally look at a team and say, "Okay, I'm ready to invest," because you know what? That's what Broncos country has earned. And I'm going to give every fan out there a pass and say. You've earned your pain, man. You've earned your skepticism. You've earned all of the skepticism and the hesitation that comes with not being able to totally buy in because it's been seven years of crap. Seven years of, of figuring out ways to lose instead of even sniffing ways to win. But you know something? You got something now. Time now for the lead. 
The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. I think it is safe to say that this upcoming Sunday, it's the biggest Broncos game since they won the Super Bowl because they're playing against a Houston team that is sitting on top of them in the standings. They are tied with Houston. The Broncos beat Houston. You look at Houston's schedule the rest of the way. This, I mean, I hate to use the term must win. Everything's been a must win since you're one and five. But the Broncos are playing meaningful football in December. In December with that. With what we have seen over the last five games, did you think this was possible with what we've seen? When they were one and five, or were there some things that you thought? Were there some things that you saw that made you believe this was possible? All right. I I think I've been very consistent, but I first thing I'm gonna do is cop I'm I'm gonna go back and say no. There is no way at one and five that I could have possibly imagined six and five. What I could have imagined was a team figuring it out, a team starting to get it, a team figuring out some ways to get some things done, and a a team that could leave you with a good feeling or some hope in the first year. I think that's still where this football team is right now. To your point, and it's a good one, this is the most important game since yesterday. Yep. Which was the most important game now since a, the week before and the week before that, right? Well, yes and no, because now you have a tie break. R- well, right. They have tie breaks with Buffalo, Cleveland, and they're hunting one now for Houston. Right. Look, if they win two of the next three games and they do it against the AFC teams, yeah. Houston and the Chargers, right. you are on the precipice. You're going to more than likely be a playoff team. I'll be honest with you. When the Broncos eventually play the Chargers, I'm not so sure Brandon Staley's still the head coach. You could very well be it right. Would, it would not surprise And who knows which way that would put the franchise. Yeah. It might be the best thing that ever happened Look to them. Look at the Raiders. Right. Look or at the Raiders. It, or it could be the worst. Now, the Raiders have come back to the mean. But but no, but two, they 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 lost they lost to the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah, but, but and it was and they were up fourteen to nothing. Again, I'm not going to judge them on a day in which they didn't play well against the defending right, champs. Right, they were up fourteen to nothing. This is a greatly improved football team mm-hmm. that believes Antonio Pierce has walked in there, and he has given those guys reason to not only believe but not be fearful that uh, Joshy Poo is going to explode on them. Did you just use the term Joshy Poo? I did. I know it's not a very mature statement, but it's kind of true. But Joshy Poo, I yeah. like actually okay, now that you, you mention it. How about Tornado Josh, Hurricane yeah, Josh, absolutely. Tsunami Josh? There were only two things that made me believe this could possibly happen. And none of it had to do with the defense. None of it. I There's no way any reasonable person could have said, I can see this defense turning it around after they gave up 70 to Miami, after they made Justin Fields look like a Hall of Famer, in which he had the best game of his career by far, after they got run over and gashed. I mean, I think they still had tire marks on their back the next week after yeah, facing the Jets. But but you and I disagree on the turning point. That, that fourth quarter... They played really good football okay. in that fourth quarter. I'm talking about the defense 
only. Right. Well, the defense played really good football in the fourth quarter. Against Zach Wilson. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Bears game. That's fine. Yeah. They, they won the game. Yeah, I thought the Bears game, I, I thought we started to see something in the fourth quarter of that Bears game that no reasonable person would say, wow, maybe this is what they can be. Yeah, you know what they did? We saw a glimpse. Yeah, we saw we saw a glimpse That's in the it. fourth quarter against the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields, and then the Jets punched him in the throat without a boxing glove. You're right. And laid him down on the canvas. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they could be gone for good. Yep. Like, the, the referee was standing over a listless body, and the count was at nine. Looking at what happened to the Broncos' defense against the Jets mm-hmm. with Zach Wilson. But I digress. I didn't see this coming at all from the defense. As for the offense, which has not carried them through this five-game winning streak, it has clearly been the defense. What did I see? I saw a running game that was effective. They didn't stick with it enough, but they were effective. If you noticed, when they were losing their yards per carry, was it about five yards a carry? Mm-hmm. 4.6, 4.7, whatever it was. But they weren't running the ball as much. Right. The other thing was what I saw in Russell Wilson. Not that I saw a quarterback that was back, but what I saw was a quarterback that wasn't the problem anymore, but not necessarily the solution. That's what I saw that made me believe, eh, I I can see some light under a closed door. Like, okay, they can run the ball, but Peyton kept saying it. We need to stay more committed to the run. You saw that Wilson could still make some plays. He looked nothing like he did last year. Clearly. So that made me think I can see some improvement. But with this defense, nobody saw it. Now, now, when they played the Chiefs at Arrowhead and they gave up 19, I thought, you know what? And I still kind of believe this, that Chiefs looked at the Broncos and were like, man, we can just kind of walk off the bus, stay out all night and party, come in with a hangover, and we'll be fine. They scored 19 points in that game. Mm-hmm. And the defense, the Chiefs defense gave up eight. They looked at the Broncos as a homecoming opponent. So with that, the Broncos have won five straight games. They are absolutely in the playoff picture. Coming up after the break, what was more impressive yesterday? The defensive performance? Three more turnovers, right? Or the offense, which, well, yeah, the offense which picked apart, shredded, and beat up. And on the other side of the ball, you can make the case the Broncos' defense beat the hell out of the Browns. Which side of the ball was more impressive? Why did they win that game? Who do you hand, who do you hand the game ball to mm. if you can hand it to one of the units? That's next. I remember when I lost my mind. There was 
Live with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the uh, Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman, tomorrow, Roller Auctions is having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, if you are in the market for new siding and windows, there's only one place you need to go to, only one place you should go, and that is Paramount Siding and Windows. It's a family-owned business, tons, over 400 five-star Google reviews. I've worked with them personally, and i got to tell you, the only company I would ever work with, and for a lot of reasons. One, they have amazing product. Number two, uh, their customer service is outstanding. What do I mean by that? Because the word customer service really is more, more of a punchline. We have great customer service. Everybody says they have great customer service. What else are you going to say? But they do. They came over to my house to do a very small project, two windows. Most companies don't even waste their money on gas to do something that small. Then I didn't even need my windows replaced. They needed to be fixed. When I say fixed, I mean it was such a minor fix. I was embarrassed when it was fixed. I'm thinking, boy, I I knew I wasn't handy to begin with. But then I found out just how handy I was not. They didn't sell me new windows. They could have. They didn't have to fix it. They could have, you know, pleaded, you know, ignorance. I don't know. Well, we'll get you some new windows. That's not the way they work. Paramount Siding and Windows, the best out there. Go to Paramount Siding and Windows. Dot com. By the way, I find it interesting with the uh, song we bumped in with from CeeLo Green because he has another song to which many in the Broncos locker room could use as their mantra when they were one in five. And that is F.U. It's the name of the song. F.U. by CeeLo Green. Well, all of us, and I'll include myself in that, and maybe to an extent you, Bruce, we didn't believe like Deion Sanders wanted us to. But you know what? We believe now that this team can turn it around and has a shot at the playoffs. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. I know the Broncos' defense was outstanding again yesterday. They forced three more turnovers. And you know what I felt like I was watching yesterday? Mm. Two teams in the NFC North. Historically tough teams, teams that run the ball and defensively beat the hell out of you. Yep. And you walk away from that game with blood all over your shirt. Yeah, it was a... uh... It was a slobber knocker. It was a rock fight. And the Broncos did more than just shut down the Browns. And no, they weren't playing with their starting quarterback, and I get it. But literally... They got punched in the mouth by Baron Browning. It was a penalty. We can talk about that a little bit later on. But watching their quarterback walk off the field, the bloody lip, that really was a pretty good illustration of how this defense played. They were absolutely frenetic all day. They stopped the run. This was the third best rushing attack in all of the NFL. The irony is that the Broncos won in very Cleveland Browns 
fashion. Pittsburgh Steelers fashion. Ravens fashion. Absolutely. NFC North game. Yeah, they they won it with just unrelenting defense and a downhill rushing attack that just hit you and hit you and hit you and kept coming, daring you to stop them. And they were able to combine those two elements into what I thought was clearly their most complete effort of the season. Was it a 60-minute effort? No. They've got plenty of room still to work on. And those guys in that locker room, that was a very consistent message. We're improving. We're getting there. We're getting closer. We still have a ways to go. There is still much room to improve. But the thing that made yesterday different was the cynics or the skeptics could split hairs. There was no splitting hairs yesterday. Yesterday, there was nothing gimmicky. There was nothing lucky. There was nothing that you would say, yeah, yeah, but no. The Broncos lined up and beat the Browns in virtually every meaningful metric short of yards passed for in the football game. Let's flip this around to the offense. During this streak, what have we seen? The defense getting turnovers, giving the Broncos great field position and short fields. Yeah. Let's look at the start of the game. Let's look at the first two scoring drives. 80-yard drives that ate up the clock against a defense that is on the road to at least statistically being historic. The Broncos on offense score 27 points, 5.5 yards per play. In the red zone, three for five. And I understand Miles Garrett injured his shoulder. He left in a sling. He was a non-factor for the two-plus quarters that he played the football game. You have to take into account that he got injured in the game. However, before he got injured, I don't know when he got injured, but I don't think he got injured on the first series of the game. Nope. He was rendered human. He was Superman running around the field with kryptonite in his pocket, and he didn't know he had it in his pocket until he got injured. Garrett Bowles is having the best season of his career by far. There was a time when he first came into the league, he had a holding call at least one every game. Yep. At least, you know, three in two And that was over a course of years, not just a season. That was over a course of a couple of years. This season, he is giving up one holding call per five games. I think you'd take that. With that, to me, it was the offense that was so incredibly impressive against a defense that had their tires pumped up so high that we thought the Broncos would be fortunate to score 16 points in this game. Yeah. Do you know that the Denver offense has outscored its opponents in the fourth quarter during this five-game winning streak? 46-17. to Going into this game, we talked about this stat. In their previous three games before yesterday, they had scored 65 points. 31 came in the fourth quarter. And we made comparisons to Tebow. Mm -hmm. And I think they were apt comparisons. Sure. But with that, give tons (coughs) of credit. And he deserves a lot of credit on a lot of different levels. 
Sean Payton made Jim Schwartz, who is a brilliant defensive coordinator, look like a guy who had no idea what he was doing. Absolutely. They they game planned so well for this game, and Russell Wilson executed it so beautifully. I'm not so sure, and I understand we have more games to play. Mm-hmm. We still have six games to play. Yeah. But right now, this marriage between Peyton and Wilson looks more than pretty good. And I'll give Sean Payton a ton of credit. And you hear this all the time. Offensive coordinators who come in, head coaches who have offensive minds come in and say, I'm going to put together a game plan that best suits the talent on my roster. And then you see the complete opposite. Sure. In this case, Sean Payton, I understand, came from the Bill Parcells school of offense, which is run the ball down your throat and will pass just enough and will play great defense. That is the Bill Parcells, generally speaking. That is the Bill Parcells playbook. But that wasn't Sean Payton's playbook in New Orleans. It was throw the ball all over the field to Drew Brees. Why do you think he has so many passing yards? And I understand he had running backs who could catch the ball out of the backfield. But give Sean Payton a lot of credit for not being so stubborn to say, I'm going to do what I did in New Orleans. Yeah, I think you've got to give him a lot of credit on a lot of different levels. Um being able to adjust his manner of thinking with the limitations that he has on the roster. That has been a theme that we've talked about on this show. And their success was going to rise and fall with Sean Payton's ability to make that work. He is making it work. A lot of credit needs to go to Russell Wilson, who's been... I don't want to he has not been emasculated by any stretch of the imagination, but he's being asked to do things in a totally different way than he's done them. Really? Though? His, yeah, he has, because he's not being asked to make the big throw downfield. He passed for 134 yards. That's it. Okay, so. That, and I agree with you. Okay, good. They scored 27 points, mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson threw for 134 yards, and quite frankly, his completion percentage is not going to jump off the page at you. No, but he was good. He was more than good. He was, he was, and you know, he ran the ball 11 times. Yep, 11. I do. I do. 11 times. Right. He got in the end zone with a rushing touchdown. They actually got into the, the end zone with what, two or three rushing touchdowns yesterday? Two? I think it was two rushing touchdowns. That was their second and third rushing touchdowns of the season. Wilson had more yards rushing than Javante did at halftime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're asking him to do things to help this football team win. And But a lot of those things he has done in the past. Let's look at Seahawks' Russell Wilson. Mobile, can run the ball, can extend plays. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's dropped five more pounds and we're not aware of it. But during this streak, he looks quicker and he looks faster. He just does to me because there have been when they were one and five, when the pressure got to him, he had a difficult time escaping. And when he did, he was tracked down and hunted down and taken down. Yesterday, A, he wasn't sacked. B, he was barely hit. 
but it seemed like he had an extra gear with his mobility. Well, he was part of the game plan, and yeah. that's and and so he knew it was coming. He was willing to take it on. Um, you know what I know we saw in yesterday's game because generally, okay, we did see one thing that actually worked because I could tell you right now, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you should be embarrassed knowing that that Marvin Mims reverse was coming. They've showed it enough, mm-hmm. but they actually got over 10 yards on the 11. play. Yeah. How many times have we seen Russell Wilson keep the ball on an RPO with two running backs flanking him this season. I haven't seen that play this year. No. They did some interesting things. Yes. And that is what Sean Payton put together. Things that Cleveland did not see on tape. Yeah. And um, reverse they have. And it only bit him. It only bit him once on the third and one early in the game that, uh, that they lined up in a heavy formation, then they tried the pitch to Javante, ended up losing three yards. I thought that was a little cutesy. Yep. That was a little too cutesy for me. But beyond that, it was a flawlessly called game by Sean Payton. But more than that, it was a flawlessly constructed game plan. And they enacted this game plan so well on both sides of the football. Complimentary football. Oh my God! It was complimentary, and they were able to. They 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 kept. They won the the battle of field possession. They won the battle of time of possession. Uh, they won the, the they won the turnovers three three to one. So another plus two in turnovers. Like I said, they in every meaningful metric for that game, the Broncos won from start to finish. Period. From start to finish, and I could be wrong on this. And really, it's more of an opinion than a fact. For the first time this season, this game was never in doubt. Never. Not one time. They were up 14-0. This game was never in doubt. Not one time did I think the Broncos were going to lose. Now, there have been more than a few times when I felt the Broncos are not out of this. Yeah. But this is the first time this season I can remember where I thought, they are in full control of this game. Mm -hmm. Coming up after the break... Did Deion Sanders admit to everyone following the game against Utah he's not a very good recruiter? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions, Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, Garage door inventory, trucks, forklifts, welders, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. 
Go to RollerAuction.com slash MHS, and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. Outside of Boulder, you can make the case that this story flew way under the radar in the state of Colorado. Four-star quarterback Antoine Hill Jr. He's going to come out of high school. Mm-hmm. 2025, he's decommitted from Colorado. This was a huge recruit for Deion Sanders. Following the game against Utah, which, to the Buffs' credit, was close. Okay? Yeah. This is what he said about the program and where he wants it to be. We're getting there. We definitely need giving. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate to say, but some kids cost. If you start looking at some of the top teams in the country, you see what was spent. Dion, man, you just became every Power 5 head coach. I, I thought you were different. Well, I mean, there's oh, just an understanding of... of hold on. Hold uh, on. I mean... Hold on a second. Hold right. on a second. Maybe Sanders' charisma of walking into a living room isn't as powerful as we thought it might be. He just admitted that he needs help, which is good. It's good to admit, I need some help. But you know what the truth is? No matter how great he was as a player, no matter how much you want to play for Deion Sanders, I need to get paid. Got to get paid. Well, that's where we are now, right? No, no, and I understand that. Yeah. But I think all of us were under the delusion that Sanders could walk into any living room and pretty much get his pick of guys because he is so charismatic, right? I mean, you know where to find me. You know where to find me. You know what? They do know where to find you. As long as there is a, a scent on the trail of money. Let's look at Jackson State. I think he would have gotten Travis Hunter without NIL money? Hell no. How about his own kids? Yeah, he probably would have gotten his own kids. But maybe that's one reason why Jackson State had so much talent. Hmm. Because schools in, in that conference, schools in that world, don't really have NIL money. Now that he's stepping up into big-time college football, he is finding out money better be there. And for as great as Deion Sanders is in those Aflac commercials and those Almond commercials, he's getting paid. But what about his players? Well, his son's getting paid. Yeah. I over, agree. What, over $5 million? Yeah, well, I hope that helps with the broken bone in his back. Nope. I mean. To help fix him. This is all part of the learning process for Deion Sanders, who has proven a certain amount of stuff on the surface of the program, but now can he coach? Now can he put together a football team? Now can he um, put together a coaching staff that improves the quality of the football team? Can he can he get guys on a staff that can teach and take guys uh, to the next level of competitiveness that they need to be? You know, there are lots of rosters that have four three and four star guys that end up never really having them come to fruition that those first couple of years for football players are so huge because of the, because of their social, how they're, how they're getting, how they're getting together socially, how they're figuring out 
you know, life on their own away from mom and dad. There's so many things that happen that they've got to get better at. Did you see what North Carolina State head coach Dave Doran said? This was this was breathtaking, mm-hmm. especially for a coach that makes five million dollars a year mm-hmm. in Raleigh. He said he asked five thousand fans to donate a thousand dollars each so they can quote recruit, retain, and develop players. You want to talk about a head coach that is on his knees, hat in hand, begging for money. At least Sanders didn't take it to that level. But you hear college basketball coaches, men's, and football coaches essentially all saying the same thing. We all thought that Deion Sanders had the magic elixir of walking into a living room. He just admitted he doesn't because at the end of the day, when he gets through his speech in the living room, you know what mama's going to say? Let me see your bank account. Let me see your checkbook. What do you got for my son? Yeah. I mean, I think he has, Cause that's what it's about. And, and, but we all knew that, but Deion Sanders had us believe doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, I can get, I can get who I want because we all thought that Deion Sanders was above that fray. Well, now he's begging for money. Now he's begging like everybody else. Yeah. And, and when we saw game management, we saw them blow a lead to a team in Stanford that doesn't do NIL money, or if mm-hmm. they do, it's at a very small level. Right. So now we are seeing the little man behind the curtain that needs to have a big checkbook. That's what we need to see. Like and, everyone else in college football. Well, but wait a minute. Deion Sanders brought in the rock, brought in little Wayne, brought in the excitement. All of that. They need to contribute. Right. I mean, and we'll see whether they look. By the way, by the way, Dave Doran, by the way, Dave Doran, you're asking pretty simple math here. You are asking 5,000 people for $1,000. You know what the math on that is? Uh, You $5 million. Right. What's your salary? $5 $5 million. Can you spare a little, Dave? Hey, that's not the American way. Hey, by the way. Dave is- Doran should get every penny that he, if North Carolina State wants to pay him $5 million, then pay him $5 million. You know you know what Dave Doran needs to do? And maybe some of these other coaches? They need to follow the Tom Brady model. I don't need to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. So some of that money will go towards building the roster. Well, that's going to be the challenge because we are in a position right now where everybody's trying to figure this out. There is no format that is written down to follow. This is still the Wild West. We're a couple of years into NIL, and until it gets figured out, we're going to have this kind of challenge. I find it sickening. And I know I'm walking down a road I shouldn't walk down, but I'm going to make it real brief, real brief. I find it sickening when millionaires or billionaires beg for money, like owners who need money from the public to build a stadium, like a person running for president who is begging for money to help pay for his legal bills when he claims to be a billionaire, when you have Head coaches in college football 
and college basketball saying we need money for our kids, yet you're not willing to pony up. I have an idea. When you take out your hand, when you take off your hat and you put it out and ask for it, put some money in it yourself first so you can show your fan base I'm willing to contribute. And that may very well happen. That may very well happen. I think that this is a process that people are trying to figure out. This isn't hard to figure out. You're making $5 million a year, Dave Dorn. You just asked for $5 million. And oh, by the way, if you gave all of it, you're still going to make money in endorsements. You're still going to make money uh, if Nike gets to put its swoosh on the team's jersey. Mm-hmm. You make you make a cut of that. You got football camps. I'd be willing to bet. Dave Dorn's salary at $5 million, if it all went to his team, he'd still probably make a half a million with everything else going around. Oh, yeah. He probably he has ancillary value. I can't imagine his wife would be too thrilled about that. Probably but not. If, but if you want to win games, if you want to win games, it's nauseating. Millionaires and billionaires asking for money. Do it yourself, bruh. Do it yourself. Lead the way. Show an example. Now, is, is NIL... Uh, are you not? Are you not allowed to do that as a coach? Nick Saban's making what eleven million? Yeah, something like right? that. Dion's making a pretty good salary. Sure, over what he's making over five. And oh, by the way, he's made a ton of money in his career. Mm-hmm. How about you chip in, bro? How about you chip in? Instead of asking everybody else who is a booster, most boosters do have money. I totally understand that. Lead the way. Show us the example. Make sure when that hat is sticking out, there's about a million sitting in there coming from your pocket. Well, I mean, that may end up being what it ends up taking. It's not too hard to figure out. It doesn't, we don't need to get to this point. Maybe people will do it. It should have been happening right away. Dave Dorn's making $5 million a year. And he just asked his boosters for 5 million. You can write that check a year, by the way, 5 million a year, not 5 million total. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet you have enough money in your account that if you gave all $5 million, I don't think it should be. A, I, I, I disagree with you. I don't think it should be the responsibility of the coach. I, I, I think if you, can, if you can show the way, great, that's fine. But I don't think a, a coach should have to fund NIL for a, for, a, for a program. Well, then don't complain that you don't have enough money. I'm with you on that. I'm not saying they should fully fund you, it. You got to figure that. That, but, that is part of the process of figuring things out. Here, in the world that I live in outside this mm-hmm. radio show, yep. okay, I work with a lot of nonprofits. I understand why nonprofits ask for money because they need money mm-hmm. to survive. Sure. To help find a cure for cancer or help some kids who are less fortunate go to the Boys and Girls Club. We're not talking about millionaires and billionaires mm-hmm. that run these organizations. Talking about hardworking people. I think Dave Doran can write a check for a million dollars and say, this is what I've done. What can you do? But I don't think it should be expected from him to do. Fine. Don't complain about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I, I, it shouldn't be expected. Yeah. I mean, it just shouldn't But don't, be. don't ask when you're not willing to give. Yeah. Because then you sound pathetic. Then you are on your knees. With your hat in hand. Then you sound pathetic. I think- and, and, I'm, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he thought of this, what he was going to say publicly as he was sitting in his 15-room mansion as his butler brought him a late-night drink. 
Okay. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? <laughs> we'll get into the biggest storylines from NFL's Week 12. And sure is nice to be home for the Nuggets after not faring so well on their road trip. That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, Roller Auctions having an auction for air compressors, garage door inventory, Trucks, forklifts, welders, and much more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for what's... Well, let's do the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Alrighty, guys, just in case you missed it, some of the biggest storylines from this week's NFL games were the Chiefs beating the Raiders after falling behind 14-0, the Eagles winning their fourth straight game after trailing at halftime, beating the Bills in overtime, and then the Jaguars squeaking past the Texans after a potential game-tying 58-yarder in the final minute, doinked off the crossbar. Also, uh, Frank Reich was just fired this morning, Panthers head coach after starting 1-10. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from a busy Week 12 in the NFL? Wow, Frank Reich you, gone you, after 11 games, dude. You you want to go work for David Tepper? Uh, boy, no kidding, right? Yep. Now, granted, 1-10 is worse than what... Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. I mean, Hackett made it, what, 15 games? Yep. Something like that? Wow. That's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I think the Broncos on the come is one of the biggest stories in the NFL right now. Yep. I really do. I, I, and that's without being, and that's without Homer being, uh, you know, being my guy. I, I think that the well, fact you, that they're in the midst is one of the big stories in the NFL. It's because you have two stars you can rally around nationally, which will always be a story. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Yeah, no question. You can always rally around those. It's funny because every morning I wake up, I wake up about 6 o'clock every morning, mm-hmm. and I flip on ESPN, and they have a show called, what is it, uh, Get Up or something like that? I have no idea. They were actually talking about the Broncos. What? I, well, they usually talk about the Cowboys. Oh. But the Cowboys played on Thursday. Oh, that's right. With that, it's about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, and, and that that is always a sexy enough topic. Where people stick around. Well, both of them deserve their props right yep. now. And oh, by the way, you're not really going to blame that uh, Bills loss on Josh Allen, are you? Mm. Some people would like to do it. Mm. I ran for 81 yards, threw for nearly 340 yards, two touchdowns, interception, sacked once. Philadelphia is a really, really good football yeah. team. And I'll tell you this, two best football teams, in my opinion, and there's a gap, one guy's opinion, there is a gap between, on a neutral field, between 
second and third, it's either the 49ers, Eagles, flip-flop them, and then everybody else. And I know I'm including the Chiefs in that. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I would the, say that those two teams are clearly a step ahead of the rest of the pack. Right. Yep. All right, just in case you missed it, the Nuggets finished their five-game road trip at 1-4, and four, getting blown out in Houston on Friday night, but returned home last night to beat the Spurs by 12, delivering San Antonio their 12th straight loss. Um, it was Denver's first game against Victor Wembanyama. Played pretty well. He had 22 points, 11 rebounds, and then six steals and four blocks. Nuggets are now 11-6. and six. They play in L.A. tonight against the Clippers. How are we feeling about these Nuggets? It's November still. They're 11-6. and six. I think everyone understands what their challenges are. They haven't changed. Um, get Jamal Murray back. Let's see what we've got. How it affects, obviously, putting Reggie Jackson back with that second unit. He's playing with the first unit right now. Um, we just don't have answers to questions that Michael Malone is still searching for. But they're 11 and 6. I mean, okay. Okay, here's this for you. For those who are panicking, the Nuggets record last year on Tuesday, November 22nd, around the same time, was 10 and 7. And the stats were relatively the same. They were a worse defensive team last year at this time than they are now. Oh, I'll take that. Plenty of season to go. Plenty. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. You can redesign your entire kitchen with their staff. Get great pricing on what they have on sale at the clearance center. One-stop shopping. Whatever you need for appliances, they've got at big box stores. No. Mountain High Appliance, yes. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Broncos, five straight wins, back in the playoff chase. Was there anything about this team that you saw where this was possible when they were one and five? Or did this just completely come out of nowhere? That's next. Hey. 